Welcome to the Eat Scripture Podcast. This is Eric and Gina Robinson. We are studying through 1 Kings at the present time uh, and really enjoying it. I hope you're enjoying it too. We just want to thank you for listening, for telling others about it, for sharing. Um, and I hope that y'all are getting as much out of it as we are. Mm-hmm. This is, uh, awesome stuff. Yeah. I mean, it just really points to the church in so many ways. It's about what we're doing now and what we're experiencing now in so many ways, this building of God's temple. Yes. Um, so That's hopefully you are getting actually that out happening to us right now. It's a lot of great history exciting. here. A lot of cool stuff that happened and, and the stuff sound, uh, surrounding the, uh, all the actions and uh, intrigue and different relationships and so forth surrounding that is fascinating and wonderful, really kind of adds to in great ways our biblical understanding but then Mm -hmm. to also take it and bring it forward and let it be a picture of what we're doing now becomes remember that it's not just stale history right but it is active and working itself out in us today yes it's really exciting it's very exciting it's so Mm -hmm. exciting to read it that way because then you really feel like you are part of the story which is what god intended all along all along he's been drawing us into this and so um he's very much made us a part of it and i'm I'm so pleased that when you learn to read this way you can really start reading it and seeing that Mm -hmm. this is exactly what god has planned all along he has had this idea and he's always recorded his word in a way that helps us to see that we're all involved um so that's what we're doing as we're reading solomon and this building of the temple just seeing how involved God has made us all throughout history. So. And every time when I'm preparing uh, for this podcast, I kind of think, hmm, I'm not sure what's in here to talk about. <laughs> and then we get going and it's amazing. And yeah. it opens it up. And yeah. so I'm so grateful for the Holy Spirit and for oh, yes. his presence in my heart that can lead me to see more than what's much just, greater yeah than seems like a bunch page. of lists of things that are not important mm-hmm. so. right uh so let's start in with a list words, of things with the list of things <laughs> yeah exactly right yeah this first um, part is just kind of summing up kind of what Hiram did mm-hmm. so it's kind of maybe we should have gone through this at the end of our last podcast but mm, this I is just know. kind of the we're, time we're limit we had but uh this will kind of sum that up and then go on to the next part Yeah, so maybe we'll start just reading at verse 40 and go through the end of the chapter, and then we'll kind of cover those pieces. Okay, that sounds good. 1 Kings 7, starting with verse 40. Hiram also made the pots, the shovels, and the basins. So Hiram finished all the work that he did for King Solomon on the house of the Lord. The two pillars, the two bowls of the capitals that were on the tops of the pillars, and the two lattice works to cover the two bowls of the capitals that were on the tops of the pillars. And the 400 pomegranates for the two lattice works, two rows of pomegranates for each lattice work to cover the two bowls of the capitals that were on the pillars, the 10 stands and the 10 basins on the stands, and the one sea, and the twelve oxen underneath the sea. Now, the pots, the shovels, and the basins, all these vessels in the house of the Lord, which Hiram made for King Solomon, were of burnished bronze. In the plain of the Jordan, the king cast them. In the clay ground between Succoth and Zarathan. And Solomon left all the vessels unweighed, because there were so many of them. 
the weight of the bronze was not ascertained. So Solomon made all the vessels that were in the house of the Lord, the golden altar, the golden table for the bread of the presence, the lampstands of pure gold, five on the south side and five on the north side before the inner sanctuary, the flowers, the lamps, and the tongs of gold, the cups, snuffers, basins, dishes for incense, and fire pans of pure gold, and the sockets of gold for the doors of the innermost part of the house, the most holy place, and for the doors of the nave of the temple. Thus all the work that King Solomon did on the house of the Lord was finished. And Solomon brought in all the things that David his father had dedicated, the silver, the gold, and the vessels, and stored them in the treasuries of the house of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay. Yep, lots of stuff here that is being talked about, being made, which is, you know, sounds like a long list as we're just reading through it for the first time. We're like, okay, okay, I get it. Lots it just, of stuff. Okay. It feels like so many um, details and intricate, you know, yeah. things that are going on. Yep. But I think that we're supposed to see that, that it's very... Mm-hmm. detailed mm-hmm. in every little part was important was and had important. meaning. Exactly. We need to see that. Uh-huh. I think that is important. Um, and we're going from verse 40. And like you said, when you, right before we started reading, you know, this actually attaches to the part we were in last time. I mean, we're just continuing on here about these things of bronze that uh, Hiram has been particularly integral in casting and making these things uh, as part of the Lord's house. Worker. Yep. And so he has all the skills to do this kind of thing. It tells us where it's being done um, between Succoth and Zarethan um, out in the clay uh, in that area where they had room to do it. Um, What we need to, I think, note here, just a couple of things that we'll note here as we go on is Hiram does all this work of bronze. um, And we start with verse 40 through 44 and we're still in the outside there we're talking about the two pillars mainly the two pillars and their capitals and what's all on their capitals and so forth and the then also yeah. the things outside <laughs> which were the ten stands and the basins and the sea on the oxen all of that right. stuff which is outside um we're, we're and i hope you have area. found a picture that yeah. kind of depicts that a little bit a little bit so you can so get you it in your head because it just doesn't make any sense to me when i'm just reading it yeah if I don't yeah. have some kind of idea of what it might look like. Mm-hmm. Right. And and that would be very helpful. Yes, we would encourage you definitely look up a picture, you know, just on on the Internet or something. Um, or in just your, a, a if you image, have a study if Bible. If you have a good study Bible, maybe you've got something in there that's really helpful. Um, but, yeah, just put something in your head. You can kind of see what's happening. Here, so we're, we've re-emphasized that, this idea, like we said last time, all the, the bronze pillars yes. and the fact that as you walk in, now you're going between all these pomegranates that are on the top of these two big giant bronze pillars um, and the capitals on those pillars and so forth. And and you've got this picture before you of what it means to come into God's garden, as it were, right. these pomegranates and so forth, still giving you that image, that beautiful image of joining God humanity in, um and in intimacy yes. yes god uh, has invited us into his garden in intimacy and that's what you're doing when you're coming in just right. like the pomegranates and lilies yeah. that are talked about in song of so, Solomon. so beautiful yeah the imagery there but really beautiful. i think and we talked last time if you didn't listen to mm-hmm. the end of the last podcast we talked some about the bronze and mm-hmm. what bronze represents yes and i think that is so meaningful here too and i think mm-hmm. 
even when it says, and Solomon left all the vessels unweighed because there were so many of them, mm-hmm. the weight of the bronze was not ascertained. Yep. I wonder if that has something to do with the fact that it's open-ended how many people people are going to come will come yes yes certainly from our end it is and yes and it'll seem like it'll be an innumerable multitude we're told i mean it'll be it'll be innumerable multitudes myriads of myriads as revelation says you know people that can't be counted can't um, be counted so So i think that's really interesting right there i didn't really notice that until a good point we read it just a little bit ago and that just kind of jumped out at me yeah i like the way you're tying that in yeah so that bronze we talked about last time being very much our a picture of our humanity could be you know as it's been polished as it were by god as we you know allowed him to do it or it could be us just living in our own ideas thoughts wants um and pushing those as far as we can bronze can either be polished by god or it could be our own tarnished bronze uh that we carry ourselves um and we see this throughout but surely Throughout we're being scripture. burnished but here, yes, before we're absolutely. brought into his presence. No question. I would say yes. absolutely And that not. can be a painful process. Yes. As we yeah. all know. <laughs> yeah. And it's all done in that place between Succoth and Zarathan. And I don't want to, I won't push this too far, but Sukkot uh, in Hebrew mm-hmm. actually means tabernacles. And Zarathan means fortress. Hmm. And there's a huge difference between those two things. Right. One is completely completely portable, impermanent, um, dwelling tents that you're walking around in, in your nomadic life. The other, uh, is the fortress that is immovable and, uh, unshakable, built, unshakable and, yes. and is where you're headed. And where you got, yep, exactly. That's what you'd like to be in, uh, okay. when you're in tents, um, someplace oh, unshakable cool. and movable. Yeah. And so the bronze is made, the bronze is perfectly formed and made and molded and made right in between those two places. Yes. Well, that's our life of in between right now. Yeah. That's where we are. It's we are exactly in the picture of what's happening right here. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's those beautiful. place names may be, may, there may be a little something to that. Yeah. Uh, well, imagine know, that. Yeah. Uh, every word really might actually be important, turns out. Um, and so then I want to also bring out that Second uh, Timothy chapter 2 verse 19 through 21. Um, let's actually turn there for a second. In 2 Timothy 2, 19 through 21, Paul is bringing up the idea um, of these vessels that are used in the house of God, and he is relating them, actually relating them to people um, that that we in the in God's house are like these vessels, actually, it turns out. So in chapter 2 of Second Timothy, verse 19, uh, it starts, But God's firm foundation stands bearing this seal. The Lord knows those who are his. And let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. Now in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also wood and clay, some for honorable use, some for dishonorable. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. Mm-hmm. And then he goes on to talk to them about fleeing their useful passions and getting rid of their sin and so forth. He's talking about becoming yes. a polished, useful vessel yes. before God in the master's house, in the house of the master. I mean, there's no question he's relating this I don't think, I mean, he never says the word temple in there. 
but I don't think there's any question that he's making the connection. Right. He's talking about all these vessels that can be used in the house. And do you want to be a vessel that's useful for, you know, for great things, for, for wonderful things, because you're by, and there's all sorts of vessels. Everybody's there's different ones. There's, you know, yeah. all made of gold and silver, um, also clay, whatever it is. Um, but, but, and they're all in the house together and they could all be, do you want to be a useful vessel or an unuseful vessel um, in the house that's the master's house? And so when I see this list of vessels here and different things, utensils and vessels and shovels and basins and so forth, verse 45 and, uh, and 46, uh, all these things that are being made. And then on, you know, as we go on, we could go on into verse 48 and following all the tongs and the, you know, right. the cups and snuffers and, yeah. We're like, right. what? What are all the? Well, it shows what what it's meant to depict. I think is that uh, the diversity of God's people and the gifts that He's given. Mm -hmm. Everybody, everything has a use. Everything has a perfect use, and it's used right. for that thing. And God wants to us to be burnished perfectly perfected for the purpose that we're made and right. then working powerfully in God's house working in whatever little way that is um you might see it as a little way but he does not he's made right. you to do that thing and it's you can do it just right yeah mm -hmm. I think that's what we're seeing here. I love that yeah. and then of course the uh juxtaposition here we have Hiram and it's talking about all this bronze and it's making a big deal out of it it's mm -hmm. remember all these things that Hiram made were a burnished bronze. bronze, bronze, bronze they did bronze. all this work out in the mm -hmm. in between places, and mm -hmm. so. But then in verse forty-eight, it's so Solomon made mm -hmm. all the vessels that were in the house. Yes, they were in the house. Of yes, the Lord, they not were in the, in the house. Right, exactly. He Solomon made all of those stuff that were outside. Yeah, and everything listed is gold. Yes, it's all gold. Yes. Now we go into gold, 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 gold. We've gotten inside the house now, and we're into gold, gold, gold. Yeah. Which we've, we talked about that before too, about how this, I mean, bronze is beautiful. Mm -hmm. uh, you walk up to all this burnished bronze mm -hmm. and then though. And you're, you're amazed by that. And then, yeah. Get to the yeah. actual inside and it's all covered in gold, everything. Mm -hmm. And those lights that are the and lamps. Five lights on either side, five lamp stands on either side. Yeah. The light bouncing off everything that's gold in there and what that must have been like. It had to be so bright. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, I just think that's interesting too that the that Solomon made all the gold. Yes, yeah. that was yeah. up to him. Mm -hmm. um, and and here he does have he makes those lampstands uh, among other things. Here, there's a golden altar, a golden mm -hmm. table for the bread of the presence. This is just what you know what was in the tabernacle, um, and he's made you know made them in the best possible way he can. And then the lampstands, verse 49, lampstands of pure gold, five on the south side, five on the north. So as you're walking through the holy place, you've got five lampstands on either side of you along the right. wall there as you're walking toward. Well, in the tabernacle, there was only one lampstand. There was one lampstand. It was pure gold mm. made like this. Um, but here Solomon has made five on either side and you're walking through. And in a minute, we know this is okay. We know that he hasn't deviated in some bad way because in a little bit, we're going to see that God's presence settles on this place and he's happy to stay here and he's okaying everything. Everything's been done perfectly. So it's not like Solomon took too much license here. And that's obviously not what it is. I think God must've told him. I mean, yeah. we don't have that, but yeah that information, but I, he must've been doing it according to something he got from God. Could be exactly. We don't know, but definitely I would say yes. And on the either, outside, in, either, either implicitly or explicitly, but yes. On, on the outside, there were those five. There were wash 
Yes, wash, five portable wash basins that were aligning either right. side as you're On walking up to. So the, the cleansing itself. and now the. And now the actual glory i don't know yeah that's on each side here that's yeah. very interesting i hadn't thought about how that looks i think these lampstands are number one i think they are a symbolic i think the lampstand itself in the tabernacle and certainly here uh symbolic of the holy spirit again the yes. work of the holy spirit okay. um when that we get sense. to acts chapter two and we have the people receiving the holy spirit in acts chapter two they all get tongues of fire on right. their heads right well that's a strange depiction what are we supposed mm -hmm. to get from that why is there fire above their heads why are their tongues literally tongues of fire a I tongue know. of flame that's a weird picture for us yeah well that tongue of flame comes from like a candle a little tongue of flame on a candle mm -hmm. you light a candle you look at the little tongue mm -hmm. of flame on the top of the candle so it's like the people are standing there like so, candles as if there's fire above their right. heads and they they're were standing candles. there like a like a right. candle like a a lampstand that's what a lampstand mm -hmm. would look like in the ancient world you got mm -hmm. you know and so here they are now the people themselves have become lampstands in which the holy spirit is dwelling, is dwelling and lighting the world now right. they can be the lights of the world like jesus right. uh told them to be because uh -huh. they have the holy spirit in them. i love that because that's us yes because that is us. and then in revelation we, now... we have him talking about the churches as lamps yes yes and they're lights being mm -hmm. taken away or yeah mm -hmm. exactly and so in god's temple the lamps are burning brightly and there is light all around and this is the way it's supposed to be you know unfortunately it doesn't always work this way right. but well this and we're is, told yeah. it's not going to be that way yep. always exactly know? um and but uh in the in the ultimate in the wonderful depiction of what of the perfection that God would love to see in us and what we're shooting for, then yes, this this depiction of the lampstands is beautiful. We are supposed to be these lampstands providing light to all who enter, and um, they should be coming into a place of wonderful light and uh, that, mm -hmm. that is just shining from every side. And there's multiple, you know, it, it you can't find a corner where the lights not shining. There's so many, so much light, so many lampstands, so many. I mean, that's the picture that. God is painting here. I just love um, this picture. It's actually overwhelming mm -hmm. a little bit to think about that we get to participate in this. Yeah. That we get to be. Yeah. It really it. is, isn't it? Yeah. It's awesome. And so then in 51, he uses the word finished again, which we've seen yes. a few times here. And so thus all the work that King Solomon did on the house of the Lord was finished. Okay. That's that word. Like mm -hmm. we've been seeing, takes us back to Exodus, takes us back to Genesis chapter two, verse one. Mm -hmm. We've been seeing the great work of God completed. Moses' work in building tabernacle mm -hmm. completed. And here we're reaching to a new level and then of we will completion. See Jesus on the cross say mm -hmm. it yes. is finished say, and the true truly yes. <laughs> the greatest work ever will be completed yes exactly so here the, here it's finished and then we're going to say now we're kind of like does god like it that's <laughs> kind of what the principles we're standing on at the end of seven is okay it's finished now what you know mm -hmm. is it okay and which which is going to be answered for us in fruit. just a few verses yeah yeah um any okay. other thoughts on that we should cover um, I just i guess I'm going to put on a little bit of a stretch here mm -hmm. that may be off the subject a little bit, but this, it is finished mm -hmm. thing. Uh, all these instances where we see, and they're big moments mm -hmm. when God says something is finished or mm -hmm. when, you know, um, 
because God is outside of time, mm -hmm. then there's a part of me that wonders if all of that is, we're supposed to see all of that happening at one time. At once, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I wonder if we are, yeah, yeah. just layered on top of each right. other. It's actually one, one occurrence. Because he somehow. is, here Solomon's work on the house of the Lord is finished, mm -hmm. and Jesus' death is very much mirroring that. Mm -hmm. He's, yeah. The work on the house of the Lord is finished now. It's time to. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder that too. And that actually makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. I can easily see how these actually just overlap one another. Mm -hmm. And yeah. It's kind Beautiful. of mind blowing. So we yeah. won't go into that too <laughs> much more. But yeah. Yeah. Imagine That's history awesome. as you know, a bunch of transparent pages that lay on top of each other mm -hmm. and you're looking through everything at one time. I don't That's know. Cool. It's very yeah, hard to get a imagine that imagine a picture but then we so let's go on to verse uh, chapter 8 verse 1 now which is now that we have the house finished then what happens and we'll get to see as as we keep going here what okay. happens next so 8 1 through 11 okay first kings 8 verses 1 through 11 then solomon assembled the elders of israel and all the heads of the tribes the leaders of the father's houses of the people of Israel before King Solomon in Jerusalem to bring up the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord out of the city of David, which is Zion. And all the men of Israel assembled to King Solomon at the feast in the month of Ethanim, which is the seventh month. And all the elders of Israel came, and the priests took up the Ark, and they brought up the Ark of the Lord, the tent of meeting, and all the holy vessels that were in the tent. The priests and the Levites brought them up. And King Solomon and all the congregation of Israel who had assembled before him were with him before the ark, sacrificing so many sheep and oxen that they could not be counted or numbered. Then the priests brought the ark of the covenant of the Lord to its place in the inner sanctuary of the house, in the most holy place, under the wings of the cherubim. For the cherubim spread out their wings over the place of the ark, so that the cherubim overshadowed the ark in its poles. And the poles were so long that the ends of the poles were seen from the holy place before the inner sanctuary, but they could not be seen from outside, and they are there to this day. There was nothing in the ark except the two tablets of stone that Moses put there at Horeb, where the Lord made a covenant with the people of Israel when they came out of the land of Egypt. And when the priests came out of the holy place, a cloud filled the house of the Lord, so that the priests could not stand to minister because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord. Mm. All right. This is um, like big major. I don't know if we can get through this. And yeah. Well, a lot of time, but we'll just, I mean, there's not that we'll much to say. say a few things here at least. It's huge. Yeah. There are big, big <laughs> things happening here. Yes, absolutely right. So there's a, it's the feast that's in the seventh month that they are using to celebrate the culmination of all things here. Um, Solomon, the elders of Israel, the tribes all get together, leaders of fathers' houses, the people of Israel, King of Solomon in Jerusalem, before King of Solomon in Jerusalem to bring up the Ark of the Covenant. 
to bring up the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord out of the city of David, which is Zion. Okay, so they're in Jerusalem. That is the city of David. They're bringing out um, the Ark of the Covenant from that place where David's been housing it, which is close by. It's not like it's far, but they're taking it into right. now this fully completed They've temple. Finished. This um, is a big moment. Yeah, giant. They've been moment. building on this for seven years. Yes, absolutely. They've been building toward this for seven years. Yeah. yeah. And all the men of Israel assembled to King Solomon at the feast in the month Ethanim, which is the seventh month. Okay. So the seventh month feast, which is the feast of booths um, that we're talking about here. Mm -hmm. That's what we're talking about. Now there are three, three major feasts in this uh, time. Feast of booths was the one that the men were told they had to come from all over Israel and, um, and come and sacrifice in that feast every month three times a year they had to come do this and so this is one of those times mm -hmm. and this is the time that they're choosing to celebrate the culmination of all things in the building of the temple Ethanim, right. which the feast of booths is the culmination of the harvest so yes this exactly. makes perfect sense perfect sense think so. about that in the spiritual sense mm -hmm. oh the harvest is complete the harvest right. is complete there's pentecost is the beginning of the harvest that's your right. celebrating the beginning of the harvest well that sounds really spiritually correct because that's <laughs> right. when the holy spirit fell and out go the ministers into the world to lead people right. to Jesus. Well, this is um, actually being celebrated at the culmination of the harvest. This is the end of which the harvest in, and all things. Which in spiritual terms has not taken place. Right. In spiritual terms has not. But when the temple is made perfect and all things are right mm -hmm. and in their place, mm -hmm. and um, then you think of that in a spiritual time. Oh, that will be when Jesus comes back. Right. Then that'll be when right. everything is perfect and Jesus yes. comes back. It'll be the culmination a, of harvest. A place for us. That's right. Uh, and so we're celebrating that feast in the seventh month. The interesting thing to note here in verse two is that he uses the Phoenician name of the seventh month, Ethanim, which is a yeah, weird thing weird. to say. It's like, why would he, why would the writer include yeah. that? And so we're kind of uh, at this place of trying to understand, well, possibly it has something to do with the fact that, again, we're talking, we're, we're seeing as much Gentile inclusion as be, as is being included mm -hmm. in this whole process. And we're even using a Gentile word for the seventh month where we could use the Hebrew word. We don't, we instead use a Gentile, a Phoenician mm -hmm. word um, to talk about the day that they're all celebrating the month that they're all celebrating in. And so um, kind of an interesting thing. Remember we've seen Hiram's work throughout this process and we've uh, really watching as, as Solomon has married an Egyptian woman okay. and um and her and again i guess you could take that as a little clue that maybe the world is creeping in but i don't think that's really right what's you could, happening you could here, take but... it as positive or negative but right. really i think we're still in the positive realm right. myself i i think so um for sure mm -hmm. and i think that we have no that there's no reason to believe otherwise especially as we get down to verse 10 which we'll talk about in a minute but um well so so they bring up the ark and the ark of the Lord, the tent of meeting, the holy vessels that were in the tent, the priests and the Levites brought them up in verse four. So everything tabernacle and tabernacle related items, all of those things are being brought up to the house of the Lord too. And so the King Solomon and all the congregation of Israel who had assembled before him, there with him before the ark, sacrificing so many sheep and oxen, yeah, that again. they couldn't be counted or numbered. Right. What? Again, I mean, how many is that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. It was bloody. We're going, we're going for, yes, it was a bloody day. And yet a very 
celebratory day. So yeah, those things go together uh, in this. And and yes, we keep hearing that innumerable word, things that are just completely, wow, it's just innumerable. How, so it's the greatness of the day. It's just being celebrated, perfected. Um, the priests bring the Ark of the Covenant and place it in the sanctuary of the house in the most holy place underneath the wings of the cherubim. I would just stress here that we've already had, we've already seen several things that the house is told, we're told it has, such as ribs, shoulders, head uh and what am i missing one other thing ribs shoulders head uh and face yes ribs shoulders head and face uh that the house has you know that doesn't have until now doesn't have a heart but (laughs) surprise surprise the word of god is going to be put in its heart right here. That's what's happening. Whenever the covenant comes in, in the ark, Mm -hmm. um, the covenant of God, which God says he will write on people's hearts one day when Mm -hmm. we get to Jeremiah 21 or 31, I'm sorry. uh, That's what we have happening here. This is the perfect picture of a body made up of God's people, us, Mm -hmm. the temple, now receiving in them the word of God, on their heart. I Our mean, very this heart, is which yes. makes us, that's what gives us life mm-hmm. and gives us anything that we have, right. which of course is Jesus. Because we kind of get the picture here and that's, it's very, what you're saying mm-hmm. that the temple is not like alive, mm-hmm. active until this happens, until right. this day. Yeah. This is when it gets life. Yes. And yes. so because the ark is brought in, the heart mm-hmm. of it, of everything is brought in. Right. And exactly everything is i I think it it is beautiful in that way see it in that spiritual sense and it's just perfect um and so then it tells us about how the cherubim overshadow the ark and its poles and the Mm -hmm. poles are so long that they can be seen from the holy place because they go a little bit past the curtain there you can see sometimes um the poles that are sticking out so you know the ark is in there and it's like that it says it's the poles that they carried it with. that the poles that went through the rings that they carried the mm-hmm. ark with yep all the time uh that you can see those poles so you know the ark is in there um and that they're there to this day he says at the end of verse eight and we're like well okay. when is that day yeah it's not today <laughs> it's obviously not when this whole book was completed which would be post uh destruction of jerusalem right. we know that so whatever source he's using here is coming from a time when uh, there was still, when the ark yeah. was still in there. And yet in a spiritual sense. And, yet, and certainly in the spiritual sense. Because Jesus has done his work. Yep. His presence remains right. within the ark with all us. the time. And there is signs that he is in there all the time that can be seen and witnessed. Yes. Um, and then the last thing we'll know, because I know that we're uh, at the end of our I time know. now. There's so much more to say. Okay. Uh, <laughs> The last thing that we'll note in the big thing is verse 10 and 11. So when the priests came out of the holy place, a cloud filled the house of the Lord so that the priest could not stand to minister because of the cloud of the glory of the Lord filled that filled the house of the Lord. That's just like Exodus chapter 40, verse 35. And the symbolism is God is pleased. God is happy with how things are put together. And he is letting his presence rest powerfully on his house. It's like the seventh day of creation. You're right. Right. It's the very same picture that we're getting. Mm -hmm. 
It is very much like that. Um, and so God's presence uh, dwells on the tabernacle back in Moses' day and here on the temple. And we get the God's God's official okay, as it were. This is great. Good. Well done. I'm going to live here. I will dwell in this place. And that's what we needed to know. So so yeah. Solomon has done well. This is what, up to this point, we're still seeing good things. God is pleased. Mm -hmm. Things are going well. This is the good picture. That and there's. Have. Much more. Maybe we'll come back and cover a few more things before the next time that go into this. But mm -hmm. um, but, but we'll just stop yeah. there for now. Okay. Well, thank you for listening again. Really, really happy that you join us every time. Uh, giving us a few minutes. We will continue next time in chapter 8, verse 12 and following. And we hope you have a great few days as we move toward that. Right. God bless everybody. See you soon.